You're listening to another fine We Hate Bards podcast. I'm Mike, and we are playing at the fabulous out-of-the-box game store in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Tonight, Alex is running us through a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu adventure, which, does it have a title that you want to share with us? Uh, I call it uh, Dr. Robinson's Silent Adventure. But, uh, you know. It's our it's our play test for what I will be doing at the con, actually. This yeah, is right. the first play test of it, before I refine it. It's going to be rough, but we'll do it. It's going to be good. 56. Um, uh, for ideology beliefs? Wait, no, sorry. You just need a D10 for that. Yeah, 50. 50. 50. You mean 5. The so, five, yeah. uh, ideology beliefs. Member of a society or secret society. You get to pick. Also the same. <laughs> Member of a society or a secret society. I wonder if you two are related. Maybe hey, we're, in, we're both in the same secret society. Maybe they're right. in opposing secret societies and they don't know it. They do oh. the entire time. Which secret society are you a member of? Uh, Cadmus. Cadmus. Like the. Okay. okay. Yeah, like the snake, the staff with the snakes wrapped around it. The symbol of healing. Or, you know, the society that is fighting. Heroes in the Marvel universe, or the not the Marvel, the uh, DC universe. They're fighting heroes. No, I thought they were a government yeah. project to understand heroes. Most of what Cadmus does is like, oh, that's Cadmus. Never know. But uh, most of what they do is like straight up lawful evil, I guess. But lawful, but lawful. So they got that going for them. Like they built the this fantastic uh, team. Just to like mess with all the rest of the heroes, so they have like a government controlled heroes. And it also turns out that. So you mean like the FBI? Yeah, and then it like turns out that, for example, all the heroes have like super unstable DNA in their team, so they're constantly dying and then being replaced, and Cadmus isn't telling anyone, or the heroes, that they're like straight up dying all the time. Oh, so like Strike Force Moriori. And uh, then one of them like tries to defect and join like the Justice League, and. They got real upset about that. It's like, really? No, 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 no. You're, we own you. You're our clone slave. <clears throat> Significant people. Work. Daughter, 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 daughter. Seven. Uh, childhood friend. Classmate, neighbor, imaginary friend. Six is... Person who taught you your highest, or, yeah, highest occupational skill. Identify that skill and consider who taught you. E.g. school teacher, the person you uh, apprenticed with, your father. You know, I'll roll for uh, Doc Slaughter's significant other since I don't, I haven't actually come up with anything on that front. Oh, you didn't? No. You had such a good backstory, I thought that you'd already filled it all in. No. Okay. Two. What'd you get? Four. For you first, child. Okay. That one can be That a actually makes sense. Two, you said, Mike? Is for the reason why the person is significant. Oh, yes. Um... They taught you something. What? You roll again as well. Three. They give you your life meaning. Your significant person gives your life meaning. You just sort of think of how that might be. I can't remember how you spell talk. How do you spell talk? Maybe you really hate that. And you couldn't live without the advertising. Hatred. They give you your life meaning. Did you roll for uh, why? Let's see. Again, can't, child's kind of self-explanatory. But um, let's see. Seven. Seven. Oh, you idolized them for their <laughs> fame, their beauty, or their work. <laughs> um, I, I, 
I speak Attic Greek. Can it be that my, my person taught me Attic Greek? Yeah, that's no problem. I, I think we should choose something else off the list. Hi again. Another seven. Still, still the same. If you want to change your person, well, you can change your person to a childhood friend. Alright, so my imaginary friend taught me ancient Greek. If I'm, if I'm in my 40s. Okay. We need meaningful locations for everyone. Yeah, your imaginary friend taught you Greek. That makes good sense. Ten. Ten. Meaningful location for Mike is your workplace. You love it there. Two. Your hometown. As we're back to having to figure out where that is. <laughs> what about you? Meaningful location? I don't know. I guess the African colony is something right where I spent my youth adventuring. Yep. That would make sense. Down the rivers. The gorilla is actually yeah. your, your meaningful person. Even that gorilla bonded after I punched it out. Kept in that cave for your cage for years. We got treasured possession. A pet. A dog, a cat, a tortoise. You can if you want. You're going to kill it. Not necessarily. Two. An essential item for your occupation. Doctor's bag, car, lockpicks. Doctor's bag. Brass knuckles. That can definitely be. <laughs> uh, so we need... what did you do to stop yourself from getting malaria in the... In the, uh... in the early? Yeah, uh, in the uh, 1910s. Took quinine? Is that, was that the malaria medication at the time? Yeah. And that okay. took a lot of it. Every day. Uh, but if you if it, if that didn't work Then you yeah. got super malaria. Yeah. No. No, never mind, I'm thinking of syphilis. Yeah. So. Syphilis, they would treat you for syphilis by giving you malaria. Or methyl mercury. Because, well I think methyl mercury is more likely to kill you than really malaria, good with animals too. Oh nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Six. You're a good cook. You really know how to make that meth. Make it up right with that plastic bottle at home. What's plastic? It's the 1920s. That's true. Do you want to trade? What? Do you want to trade? Oh, what are the trades? Dreamer, hedonist, gambler, I think I've already got a, got a handle on yeah. personality. Going for braggers. Uh, you can if you want, actually. Um, let's see. No, you don't. The reasoning is because you can actually earn those during the play. So I don't have to do anything for the rest of them? No. These ones are permanent. These ones are earned during play. These ones are earned during play. Earned during play. So those four years. <clears throat> Okie dokie, Artichoke. We all ready to croaky? I'm ready. Um, most part, yeah. Mike, I need your power, your sand, and your luck. Um, all of it. All of it. The, then my character won't be able to do anything without power, sand, or lock. Uh, powered is density, control, and teleportation. Sanity is 55, and education is 65. That's a yes, right? Power, sanity, and lock? No, sorry. Power, sand, luck is um, 45. You said power to control density? And teleportation. Oh, sorry, 55. Sorry. And Ideally, that's my power. What's your sanity again? 45. 55. 
55 for sanity, 45 for lock. Okay, so it is still you that would be the, the good old lock battery. Yeah. Why, does he have the worst? Yes. Yes, he does. Is it better to have a lower number? You want to have no. a higher number. Oh, okay. a higher number. Because uh, whenever you do skill rolls, you actually are looking to roll underneath these numbers. So whenever we roll through blocks, we're going to have the person with the lowest block. So when you guys stumble into the records room and find out that it's a totally normal asylum and Grandma actually really is crazy. (laughs) And now that you've been trying to break her out for like three days, they're all going to try and put you guys in the asylum. That would be interesting to to run a Call of Cthulhu adventure where there's nothing supernatural and you just try to get the PCs to do something really crazy thinking that there's some sort of supernatural event going on. How about a Call of Cthulhu campaign that starts out with you are all members of a drug-dealing gang that controls a neighborhood and a creature shows up and starts killing people and so you're fighting against it because, you know, the cops aren't going to come. And then the next day, the survivors are hospitalized, and now you're playing the police who are investigating what happened. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Why do you have so many ones and so few tens? Okie dokie. Or trokey. Let's get ready to croaky. Or not. We might live. Oh, here you go. Here's a good quote to uh, exemplify this uh, good old genius Loshi. Genius Loki? Yeah, I'm going to say Loshi still. It's Loki. Why, are you all of a sudden familiar with what I'm doing? What do you mean? Like, you said that like you knew the name. Genius Loki? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, only from the Dresden Files books. It's an actual term. Yes. Is it? It's the, the spirit of the location. Oh. But in uh, Latin. No. The genus looking. Well, this one says, no, livi- er, no live organism can continue for long to exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality. I don't think that's true. I, I think that absolute <laughs> reality is, is very... Well, no, it's all, by absolute reality, he's talking about like a Kantian view of objects in themselves, and that you would go insane if you were subjected to a total lack of the ability to perceive the phenomenological world, and you had to abide with objects in and of themselves. Wait, so like you're seeing, you'd go crazy if you saw Plato's ideal chair. Yes. I don't think so. I think it would be very calming and soothing to see the best of all possible chairs. But it would be... The actual chair, not your perception of the chair. You would be perceiving the chair as it actually is, not as you perceive it. Right, but it would still be the best of all possible chairs, which would have to be soothing. What? Unless no chair is I thought you level. said this guy's trouble. No, it's like perceiving absolute level, which is, I don't know if you watched Rick Morty or not. Um, I have once, for like three hours. So you saw, like, the entire first season. Got it. Um, the last one they remember is the one where the father goes to Pluto because he believes that Pluto is still a planet. Yep, and they're mining plutonium out of the center of it. 
Okay. So, we're good. Yes. Okay. So, fade to black. Fade to black? Yeah, fade to black. And then slowly raise the lights back up. David's house, standing at his mailbox, pulling a letter out. And uh, David reads, Dear David, as you know, I have recently committed myself to a state uh, hospital at uh, Danvers for a little mental recuperation after my most recent foyer into the supernatural. I have made a terrible error in selecting Danvers. I am in great physical, mental, and spiritual peril here. There is a wrongness about this place. They will not let me leave. I must sneak this letter out to you as they read the mail here. Please come and recover me from this dreadful place. It would be wise for you to bring companions, as coming here alone is a mistake. And the letter's kind of, like, hastily written and, uh, you know, destroyed. Okay. So you read that, and then immediately you pull out the next letter, which is, like, very formal and, you know, normal-looking, and it's uh, from Danvers State Hospital, and it goes... Dear David, please disregard my earlier letter to you. I was having an anxiety attack. Everything here is fine. Do not come here. I need more rest and counseling. Thank you. Sincerely. And their name is actually Mary Croswell now. Grandma Croswell. So I assume you're like, well, that's weird. Maybe we should go check on Grandma. Yeah, that's very concerning. Yeah, the the quest marker over the mailbox turns from an explanation point to a question mark, Mm -hmm. and you realize you should get together with your good your good work buddy, who I don't know the name of, Doctor Forrest Cuthbert. We're all All doctors here. This is kind of impressive. All All right, doctor, doctor, doctor. doctor. Um, And your your good old adventuring. How do you two know each other? Uh, I probably taught at where at his. At his school, okay, yeah. So, and your old professor, Doctor Slaughter. I wrote a pamphlet. Pamphlet. I, I forget what you call it. Um, like a short article about a Mister X who was possessed of all these strange delusional beliefs about his adventures in Africa. It's like. It's pretty obvious that it came from meeting him and talking to him. It's like something's wrong. He did not punch a gorilla. <laughs> Little do you know, he actually may have really punched a gorilla. <laughs> so, uh, you guys just gonna get in your cab and head right there? Do I own a car, or do we take a cab, or what? You probably take a cab. Okay. Probably. So, uh, on the way there, I'm going to ask, what, since, since I assume we all read the letter, what, w- what were your grandmother's previous forays into the occult? Yes. I assume that she answers. They actually... One moment. Did I tell you? I do think they do. Just a second. Can we have illegal weapons from the 1920s? Hell no. Hell no. What were the illegal weapons in the 1920s? I don't know. He's going to be like, I got a Tommy gun. Can I have? (laughs) Super common. A console radio receiver. At my home. At your home. You you most certainly may. It doesn't actually say. We're going to sort of, you know, retcon it actually for good old Mary that she was, I don't know, contacting, trying to contact gods from the other worlds and stuff like that, sort of like full-on occult stuff, and okay. maybe it just got a little too real for her, and she's like, you know, maybe, 
So one of them finally answered, and she kind of freaked out. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, maybe I don't want to wake up screaming every day ever again. Yeah. So, yeah, then she decided to check herself in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I have a Studebaker standard dictator? Standard dictator? Yeah. What is that? It's a car. No. How about a Chevrolet Roadster? You're taking a taxi. You can own these things at your own personal home, but yeah. David's paying for a taxi. Wow. All right. So where is Danvers? Do we know? Danvers is in New England, actually. Okay, so I'm in Chicago, so it's quite an expensive <laughs> cab ride. very expensive. <laughs> so probably going to adjust this taxi to now be a, a normal bus. A train. Wait, where are we, where are we going from? Well, he lives in Chicago, and we're okay. going to New England. So train. Yeah, train. Yeah. So I drive my car to the train station. We get on the train. We take the train to Danvers, Maine. And we hit night on the train and someone gets strangled. <laughs> no. <laughs> I immediately look for a skeleton. Anyway. I realize everyone has one hidden inside them. <laughs> um, so, you know... Do you have any other questions you'd like to ask as you travel on this train for what I assume I'm is probably I'm a little concerned about day. her forays into the occult. Do I have 1d10 or 2d4 doses of sedative? 1d4 so doses of sedative. One, no, 1d4 was not one of the options. That. <laughs> you can have 1d4 doses of sedative. Three. Yeah. Uh, you're not fully aware of what the, this was. I mean, it was just one of those things where maybe in, like, a family gathering she had mentioned that... Did yeah. you ever hear about all these crazy things I'm reading about? You know, like the, the normal drunk uncle sort of stuff. So, not too familiar with what exactly it was, but apparently it was something, and apparently she got so freaked out that she checked herself in. Okay. So, yeah. So nothing too... Do you want to sit at this end of the table so you're not directly in the sunshine? Oh, no, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Nothing too particularly significant as to what she was delving into. She probably has, like, maybe still 2d6, not multiplied in any way. It's insanity left. She's not like, super insane. Sanity or insanity? Sanity. Okay. So, yeah. Time progresses forward, unless anyone else got anything. It would probably take us two days to get there, Richard. Is there anything yeah. uh, auspicious? Well, mm-hmm. I don't have any real resources to check it out, but do we know anything auspicious about the history of this institution? Oddly enough, on the train, there's going to be a car full of books. Because <laughs> convenience, since I didn't realize you were okay. in Chicago. So there's a library. So there's a library card on or car on the train. Okay. <laughs> They're hauling these books, we don't know. They just so happened to have records. I stopped at the library on the way there and said everything about Danvers, Maine, and their institute. <laughs> New England. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, but... There's the New England Journal of Medicine, Danvers, uh, Danvers Psychiatric Hospital issue. Actually, if you, like, I assume now at this point you can all make library checks. I succeed. Oh, I will. To those two, and then you want to roll underneath your library use. Library use. Oh, you didn't put points on library use. Oh, oops, reading the wrong way. Okay. 
Regular success. Okay. Well, uh, you guys don't find anything. There's actually, like, it's a normal hospital. There's nothing actually really wrong about it when you read about any of its history. It's recently built, like, actually within the last 50 years, so still relatively new. Huh. It says here that it's built with extra asbestos lining to prevent fires. Sounds like a great idea. Exactly. The fire barriers are about half, half a foot thick on all those things. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, don't have to worry about that. She's safe. What's this? Oh, that's what session nine is about. Is it really? Yeah. Read, read, read. The, the asbestos removal crew. Wow. Yeah. Extra asbestos. That's a very well constructed building, actually. Okay. Uh, it's fairly new. There, there aren't any like reported deaths or anything unusual about it. You know, it, it's a pretty busy hospital. Actually, is all you guys can get about it. Okay. I mean, you know, it's where most. Criminally insane, or regular insane, where drifters end up, you know, the normal sort of thing that you do with asylums. Okay. He seems like he might have a problem, so he's just going to spend the rest of his life in an asylum. Yeah. No big deal. Which will be, like, maximum of 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Right. They get fed once a day, uh, religiously at 8 a.m., piece of bread, cold cup of water. They're good forever. Okay. So you find nothing in the library car? Yeah, you don't find anything in the library car. There really isn't very much history on Danvers other than that. Uh, based on its like area, you know that uh, the asylum is actually right near a train station. Got that going for you. Okay. And uh, around it we got Whipple Hill, Hawthorne Hill is what it's built on, Salem and Lawrence Railroad is what you're coming in. Beaver Brook is nearby. Nothing really unusual. Hmm. You know, you got like a, a little bit of lay of the land. Absolutely. I, like the I, I would like to think about Brook. the history of the area and see if anything significant stands out to me. At 22 out of 30. Uh, the lake near there has been there for a very long time, and it was built there because it's a very beautiful, scenic lake. that they So it's an artificial lake. No, no, it's natural. They built the institution. They built the institution oh, oh, okay. near the lake. So that okay. I thought you were saying they built the lake, and then you said, no, it's, it's not an artificial oh, lake. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they built the institution near the lake because hopefully that helps with, you know, the recovering... Uh, yeah, the, the soothing, crazy, soothing, yeah, soothing effects yeah. of it. Um, what else do you get? Exactly the same kind of soothing view you would have of, you know, the ideal chair. Uh, oh, there is one thing actually that you guys should probably. You're assuming know about. that in and of themselves, chairs aren't yeah. objectively <clears throat> horrible, and that if you had no phenomenological perception of them, they would terrify you. The original, yes, even the ideal chair, the original superintendent. But how can you wait? Know- wait, stop! Look, the DM is telling us important things. The original superintendent died on the premise actually after falling down a flight of stairs in nineteen or eighteen ninety. Although that happens all the time. Yeah. And the new superintendent, uh, Dr. William Shrine, was uh, appointed. Uh, and uh, after Shrine was appointed, actually, fatalities in the in the place dropped significantly. Crazies were no longer sharpening sticks and jabbing them into each other's eyes as often. Okay. Is this the superintendent's first appointment? It's 30 years ago, so he seems... Uh, He's just been working there ever since. How old is he? Yeah, where did he go? He should be not that one. Not that no one, one knows. He, he looked to be in his 60s when he showed up 30 <laughs> years ago. It's still here. Looks exactly the same. No, he's, he's not slowly uh, 
It's not slowly getting, like, not aged. He travels the globe. He's actually not even working at the place anymore. Oh, so he, like, he's no longer employed? He's, just, he's like, still the superintendent. He just doesn't return. He, like, he went on a sabbatical one, one year, and he's just been traveling the world for like the last ten. So and that's going to be filled with like, artifacts? Yeah, that, that could be a reasonable thought, maybe, if that's the case, and this isn't just an old Is there like a, an assistant superintendent who's yeah, taken over? Yeah, Dr. Berger is the one actually now running the whole place in the absence of uh, Dr. Shrine. Right. Berger. Um, yep. Berger is he's a young guy. He's uh he's a fairly young guy. Thirty nine. He's a he's a kindly dedicated alienist, is what you learn about. So we move to the area. Do we know anything? Does anything else suspicious happen around there? Is it Indian burial grounds? Yeah, yeah. When this moon is full, is it, is it in Lovecraft Country? <laughs> it, it is actually like relatively near Lovecraft Country. We got Ipswich uh, Road is nearby it, and you know that sort of fun stuff. Well, at least it's not Maine. That's much worse. We are in Maine. Oh, 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 dear. Denver's Maine. You do find one additional thing about good old Doctor Shrine in a Salem newspaper. Which is, uh, Danvers Asylum Superintendent builds an amphitheater for patients. Builds an amphitheater? So they can enjoy theater? Yeah, music and stuff out by the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, workmen at Danvers Lunatic Asylum <laughs> broke ground today for the establishment of a small amphitheater to be enjoyed by the patients. Residents will enjoy quiet conversation space, poetry readings, and musical performance in the idyllic outdoor setting. Next to the Asylum's Reservoir. When, when was this constructed? That is constructed. Doo, 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 doo. Not that one, not that one. Oh, that's a really good question. Where'd you go? Oh, 1960. 1960? 16. Okay. We're only in 1923 right now, so it's like six years old. Funded by government, shadowy organization. Bonds mostly. They they issue bonds in the town. Normal normal taxpayer thing is we just decided that we're gonna approach the taxpayer and make them pay for it. Uh this is important also. Uh asylum resident and chief labor wow, really? That's really kind of them. Uh asylum resident and chief laborer Andrew McBride added that his team had some difficulty breaking up and moving a large granite uh, disc bearing an artistic design set into the hillside where the amphitheater is to be built. Right. What did he do with it? Broke it up and threw it away. It's like an archaeological artifact. Uh, the, did they uh, take pictures of it? They did not. Did they lick it to see how it tasted? Very stony. I'm going to have like to have a harsh word with this man still, if I need him. Does he work at the hospital? That is a good question. I do believe so. Not that one. 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 Oh, this one. He said he was the head lunatic? <laughs> yeah, he's the head lunatic. He's the uh, a head. He's a resident and head laborer. Chief laborer. He's described as. Chief Labor. 
Andrew McBride is around. You could probably find him. Okay. But now when you say resident, you mean patient. That's the <clears throat> implication? Okay. It seems more important to, to get his grandmother back first. I mean, your quest marker did have you just return grandma to, you know. Well, yeah, but that's always how it starts. That's how you get there and find Sim- out that simple quest. grandma is you a just keep getting more husk of what she used to be, somehow hanging herself from the ceiling by her own feet. And, uh, you know. Okay. okay, so we're at the train station. Yes, I assume the train finally pulls up after you guys spent apparently two days reading obscure news articles about them building a nice amphitheater for the frickin' patients. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I call a cab. Uh, Actually, you can walk. It's that or easy. It's seriously so close to the train station that you can physically walk to the (laughs) asylum from the train station. So, uh, as you walk up, we should all make power rolls. I fail. You okay? I succeed, I think. You succeed. All right, so fifteen is zero. What is that? That's just fifty, right? That's just fifty. Okay. You get it. I critically succeed. You succeed. Okay, so you two critically succeed. All four. Yep. You two. Fifty five. Kind of get this weird feeling as you're walking up to the building a little bit. Like, man, this place is kind of creepy. Kind can't like can't quite put your fingers on it exactly, but something about it sort of makes you feel as though the building is watching. You guys walk up to it. Not like someone's in the windows. Like the building itself is like aware of your presence and is like, yeah, creepy. yeah as you like walk up to it. And then you both need to probably make sandy rolls about that weird thing too. Huh. You don't experience anything. It's just a normal building. It looks kind of beautiful actually. The trees around it. It's like late autumn, so the trees are starting to change. It is okay. So I got an eighty-six. Like if you were gonna wait, get a, wait, wait. It, we succeeded on the power. He failed. Yep. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's beautiful. You you're like, man. If I was getting, uh, what'd you get? Eighty six. failed. Um, what'd you get? I failed. Okay. Um, yeah, you think it's beautiful, and this is where you would want to be committed. If Doctor Slaughter ever thought that maybe he was a little off kilter, honestly. Now, unfortunately, it's a lunatic asylum instead of a sanitarium. You both lose two points of sanity. Okay. So you can just reduce them by two. It's a lunatic asylum, not a sanitarium. <laughs> yeah, you know the difference between a sanitarium and a lunatic asylum? Because the lunatic asylum has way worse people in it, and they never leave. A sanitarium was literally a sanitary place where someone who was sick could go to get good, healthy rest and like clean food and clean water. It's literally a sanitary place. A sanitary home. How does Dr. Slaughter feel about germs again? I, I really don't like them, but fortunately this place looks like there's, there's no germs here. It does look beautiful. The mums are blooming again somehow. Okay. So, you know, you guys walk in and... As you, as Actually, you, I, I'm going to be... I'm not going to have my brass knuckles on. Uh, so I, I'm going to be wearing my regular gloves to uh, make The sure regular working gloves, yeah, but well, not the working gloves. Yeah. Well, the I don't want any germs on my hands gloves. Ah, okay, like the white leather gloves. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like kid gloves. Um, so you guys walk in, and you're greeted at the front desk by a nice uh, a nice good old nurse, and she's, Hi, how can I help you guys today? What, 
What can I do for you? We're here you want to check uh, it in? We're here to pick up a patient. No, thank you. Uh, we are doctors Slaughter, Cuthbert, and Blackmore. And uh, we are here inquiring <laughs> as to a one of your patients here. Uh, I say in a deep, sonorous voice, conveying my professional authority. Are you family? I mean, yes. you can't just walk into the asylum here. Yes, it's my grandmother. Oh! Well, <laughs> who's your actually, we're, we are all doctors. <laughs> yeah, but we don't have any doctors visits scheduled ever, in fact, so uh, that would be really odd if you were just doctors walking in because you'd have to run it through uh, good old... Uh, What's the guy's name again? Burgers, I think is what his name was. So they have no doctors on staff. They have doctors on staff, just no visiting doctors. Right. Doc, you, yeah, you'd have to run up to Dr. Burgers. We don't have any uh, outside physicians coming in. Okay. Well, I'd still like well, to see my grandma. I'm not a physician, I'm a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. <laughs> she. She obviously would use the correct phrasing here. I just sort of oh, slipped okay. up. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So, sorry. I would still like to see my grandmother. Okay. Well, uh, did did she know you were coming? Yes. She quickly like slips through her book. <laughs> like, let, let me call someone for you. Uh, if all three of you mind taking a seat over there. And she points at clearly not a seat, which is like actually the door. Is what she's doing. She's like over right. over there. Tell her I'll just wait here. Okay. <laughs> Twenty-eight for psychology. Yes. Is she behaving like a normal person? Uh, yes and no. Okay. So, like everything she's doing that, is that's like, under my heart. What? That's under my yeah, heart. Yeah, it's it's like normal as in like she's probably not like fully on the ball sort of a thing, but this is all like really kind of like weird for her as right. well. Like she's never had people show up like this before, and. Her book has been empty as far as she was flipping, so she doesn't really know what to do. So the book is as empty as her head. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, she makes a phone call and... uh, uh, What is it? Yeah, she makes a phone call and... Yeah, I I got these people here. They they say they want to meet their their grandma, I guess? And, uh, you know, she hangs up. Uh, Dr. Burgess will be right down to help you with this. And then just immediately sits in her chest, or chest, sits in her chest, sits in her desk, and her eyes just sort of glaze over as we all wait. What I assume is silence, unless you guys engage with her again. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're like, no, I think she's good. <laughs> so, is this just, like, abnormally passive? Like, abnormally passive? Yeah, well, you check on that. Like, eyes glazed over. Is yeah. This, is this kind of, like, weird glazed over, like? Make a psychology check on that. Is uh, this like normal glazed over? You can't too if you'd like. I'm more interested to come on like observe the room. Oh, I okay. fail. Looks normal to me. Looks normal to you. She's just a ditzy girl. Uh, you examine the room. What do I use for that? That is spot hidden. Okay. Uh, you want to roll underneath the thirty-five. Yes. You examine the room. Your eyes light up for a second like a searchlight, and they just scan over the walls like a computer. Okay. <laughs> and uh, nothing really unusual. The room is really clean. Like, okay. that, that's pretty it's good. good. Okay, the door you. behind you clearly has like a lock that could be definitely locked to prevent you know people from getting out or potentially in, I suppose. Okay. It um, walks from the outside. 
locks from both sides, but it looks like a really like complicated lock. Like you need like two keys, like a nuclear missile launch almost. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there's a beautiful painting on the wall of, you know, beautiful trees and the, the reservoir. The With the receptionist. <laughs> of, course, of course you can. You can do anything you want to do. So you just stand up and start removing the painting doing? from the wall. I'm just suspicious of this room. So, uh, is that what you're going to do? I just want to see if there's anything behind it. So okay, I, I don't so take it off the wall. I just kind of lift it up and look behind it. <laughs> So, uh, you stand up, and you know... As I see you... him doing that, and I stand between him and the receptionist to provide cover. Ah, okay. You. <laughs> so, you know, she just, like, you know, lazily stares at you with her glassed-over eyes, like, with a nice smile on her face, and I assume you, like, lift up the, the painting a little bit and look behind yeah. it. You know, there's a there's a tiny, like, you know, the little placky thing on the back that's, like, painted by asylum resident Bob Smith or some bullshit like that. You know. Do I see anything... Just looks like a normal painting behind it. Okay. Normal. It's a beautiful picture of you know trees and the reservoir, and the reservoir is really detailed. Like the trees are really detailed. Like this guy must have been just a beautiful artist. Okay. Hand painted. It has, it's not acrylic. This is straight up oils, but those oils are mixed perfectly. So you rolled not one for his mixed paint job. Sixteen for. Psycho uh, for psychology, I guess. On the on the nurse again. On the nurse again, like classy, I'd like fixated stare. Like she's just staring off into the middle distance. Um. Yeah. Actually, she's really not focused on you as she's staring. It really is more like she. Just, I know I'm describing it this way, and this comes across as me describing it this way. But no, it really is like her. Like she really is like kind of like shut down, like a robot sort of a thing. Okay. Like she, so when I say to my team members, didn't we read on the train that Doctor Burgess was out of the country traveling? Yeah. Yes. I mean, he's he's been out for a while. Okay. He's probably dead, but now. She just told us that he was going to come see us. No, she said Price. Dr. Doctor Shrine is the one who's out of the country. Oh, right. okay. I'm a sick. Um, so, for the listeners... You're going to do hypnosis. I'm making passes, gentle swaying motions with my hands, or moving my fingers. <laughs> really bar that All four out of my 45 in hypnosis, so this is... It, under the extreme. It's half of extreme. You really should, not. I really should. Uh, hey, Mike. Yes? What does hypnosis act on? Um, it acts on people. I know, who but have intelligences. Like, like, let's just say for the sake of argument, if... Not that guy. Not that guy. If, for example, they were already charmed in some way. Uh, hypnosis, <laughs> uncommon. The user is able to induce a trance-like state in a willing target who experiences heightened suggestibility, relaxation, possible recall of forgotten memories. Limits of hypnosis should be decided by the keeper to fit their game. It may be that only willing subjects can be hypnotized, or the keeper may allow it to be used on unwilling targets in a more aggressive manner. Using hypnosis is usually an opposed role posed by powers or psychology skill to target. The power of whatever has their charm, I'd say. Oh, you failed then. I don't even have to roll. You failed 100%. <laughs> so I can't even make a, a roll? Hey, ought for hypnosis. If it was rolling, it got like a negative 2,000 on its roll. It did? Okay. So, so it failed. No, no, no. Like, 
as you get approach zero, it's slowly getting like better and better until you cross zero and it just keeps increasing in goodness. I see. Yeah, you won't be able to... Uh, I'll let you have a little bit of this, though. I guess sense that something else is controlling her. Yes. That's Some strange what intelligence. Yeah, that you're doing this and you're doing it perfectly. Perhaps, perhaps intelligences that have been watching us for years with, with uh, jealous eyes. Exactly. Man, he's, he's salted over here. <laughs> so, are you wearing that snake man, or uh, I mean uh, snake thing symbol on you in, in, in a place I can see? What? Baltimore Secret Society. Yeah, the, the Secret Society? Yeah. The Cadmus thing? No, I just have like a ring that has a, the Cadmus symbol on it. You know what the Cadmus symbol is? It's the snake around the stick, right? Yeah, it's like the, the common medical symbol. I'm just saying because I might get paranoid about it because, you know, you do have, don't of you recent have? snake men experiences. I might, if I start losing sanity, think you're part of a snake men cult. Okay, yeah. thanks. Actually, you should make a spot hidden check right now. Yeah, I will give you that you do feel like you're doing all the movements to your hypnosis perfect. She just, for some reason, is absolutely not receptive and not in the same way that, like, she's not willing. It's like you just, like, can't overpower what's ever on. Hmm. I actually fail. You fail. With a 76. Then you don't see it. I was going to say, you saw the ring as he's doing that, and then I'd make you make a sandy check. So, does she follow us as we move around the room? Or is she just like... No, no she's just no. absolutely fixing an empty space. Yeah, like okay. empty space in the center, like I said, like a machine shut down sort of a thing. Like, if you guys went to engage with her again, maybe something would change. Okay, so I walk up to her and I kind of tap on the table. She's instantly just like back to... back to. Yes, uh, Dr. Berger should be on his way in a moment. Okay. And I ask if she's okay. She's... Yeah, why wouldn't you think so? I tell her that she kind of seems spaced out. Oh, it's just been a really busy day at work. You know, all these patients all the time. Okay. Aren't you the receptionist? What? The receptionist? Oh, yes, I'm the receptionist. Why do you deal with patients? Patients? Did I say I was doing I'm, I'm the receptionist. I only see people when I come in. Okay. Okay, so something definitely uh, up with this receptionist. Yeah. So as you guys are like talking to her, and she's like clearly stuck in some weird cycle of saying that she helps patients as a nurse, and then at the same time, like I'm just up here all the time and don't ever leave, sort of a thing, and I only help people coming in. And I assume right now the gears in Mike's head are turning, and but we kind of I, established I take we're you the to only a side here. Okay. And I tell you that yet across the Gulf of Space, minds that are to our minds is as ours. Those of beasts that perish, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic, regard this earth with envious eyes, and slowly and surely draw their plans against us. All of you make an insanity check on that one, <laughs> but just because that's like weird and nah, you're still wrong, Mike. <laughs> so this isn't the beginning of the War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. It's not. There, right. I just love so that. Quote. I pass because I got a thirty-seven. You're good. I fail. You. Take he's kind of creepy. One point of Sandy. Hey, Mike, how'd you do in your Sandy roll? As you... I said it. Do I have to take, make a yes, Sandy roll? Yes, you do as your, his eyes turn completely black for a moment and a speaker-like voice comes, The world passes by. <laughs> <laughs> I failed. You take one point of Sandy loss. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, as he's, the world passes by, and Dr. Burgers walks up, and he's like, hey, everybody, you were here to see your grandma? 
Yes. Okay. Come right this way. Right this way. Okay, so before I follow him, I, I want to use spot hidden on him, see if there's anything. I ask him uh, if patients are allowed to come and go, or self-committed patients are allowed to come and go as they please. Only after they've met our diagnostic criteria. After we know that they're not a risk to themselves or others, they're, of course, allowed to check out. So only once they've been cured in your eyes? Exactly. Okay. Like this man. Thank you, Spot Hidden. You don't think you made it. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I over got a 22, which is my heart. Did you? For Spot Hidden. He's a very nice man. He, uh, you know, dressed normally. Nothing weird about him. He's not whole. He he actually yeah. No suspicious bulges. Actually, how many of you are like doctor doctors? Like you're a parapsych. I'm a doctor of archaeology. I'm a parapsychologist. I'm an alienist, so I had to do medicine first to then go into psychology. You could make an intelligence roll. You can't. And you can't. I can? Cannot. Not unless, for some reason, you've, like, prior experience with being committed. Not with being committed. I did serve as a medical officer in the Great War. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that, eh, no. What'd you get? A hospital would have been very different from an actual hospital. Um, My extreme is 17. Yeah, so you're just going to get a few facts about uh, Mr. Burgers here. Uh, he's, you, he's unmarried. He has no family living in the area. He uh, went to medical school in, uh, what, Austin, Texas. And he had a successful tenure at uh, their lunatic asylum, actually, in Austin. And then he came here, and he's been the acting uh, the acting superintendent since uh, Mr. Doctor, Doctor, Doctor Shrine went on his good old-fashioned sabbatical just like ten years ago. Does Doctor so, Shrine still have an office here? He does. So, like I do Sherlock Holmes, I look at him, and with a combination of my my spot hidden and my intelligence, like words pop up around him pointing to things. Like, <laughs> like, There's no wedding ring on his hand, so he's not married. Actually, the the reason that I was giving you that information is because I assume being in like the medical field that you're maybe more familiar with other doctors and stuff like that. So you've probably no, heard his name before, having like done a successful ten years, okay. like thirty nine yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. which. Normally, at this point in my world, because I don't care what you have to say, um, doctors tend to be a little older when they're superintendents. So it's kind of unusual. Of course, so yes. of course, of yes. course, you uh, just knew that about him. And the married thing was, yes, oddly enough, this weird like symbol appeared over his head and like pointed at his hand, and you were like, single man. <laughs> well, have you seen that the the BBC Sherlock, where like. As he's looking at someone, like, little arrows pop up with words next to him. You know, I've like, actually never seen the show. The only thing that I know from good. Sherlock is when time slows down, he's beating the crap out of that one guy. That's the movie. But yeah, that's the only thing I know. You've never seen the BBC TV. That's really good. Okay, we need to stop the recording no. to watch all of the Sherlock shows. <laughs> no, I'm good. Right. We'll, we'll watch it in my own time. Maybe tomorrow while I'm not working. Right. Why are you not working tomorrow? I have Mondays off always. Wow. I used to do that, but I had to work Saturdays. Oh, I have to work Saturdays. That's why oh, I'm always here at late after two thirty or right. around two thirty. So, Doctor. Yes, sir. How are you? Good. Good to meet you. You know, we're walking in this direction, and I'm just sort of leading you into this building. 
I don't think any of you ever told me who we're going to visit. I just, huh, must have slipped my mind, everybody. We're uh, here to see my grandma, Mary something. Okay, yeah, yeah, Mary Mary Croswell, right? Right? Yes. yes. Did your receptionist tell you? That that girl's a little... I noticed. She, not that she's crazy, but she's very absent-minded. The poor thing. She's a few eggs short of a dozen. She's... A whole chicken short of a fawn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so is this guy more uh, lucid than... Oh, yeah. He's, like, on the ball, it seems. He is. He And he's so jovial about, like, leading you guys through this. Like, you're walking through. You're leading you through the arts and crafts section. And they're, you know, as you're walking. Because after you said Mary, he just flips through his clipboard, like, real quick-like. And he's like, oh. In Wing J, of course. And, you know... How many wings do you have? Three, but they don't... They didn't letter them properly. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Actually. I see. There are there are three wings to the hospital, and uh, it is J, E, and K. I don't know why. That's just what the book says. J, E, and K. Yeah. J, E, and K. You, know you do a thing. That might mean something. You want to rearrange the letters to try and like J E and K, Jack, Kedge, and you. <laughs> well, you got all that cult, right? Do an occult, see if there's any significance to that. No, I, I don't have a cult. I have Cthulhu mythos. You could try Cthulhu mythos on that letter combination. <laughs> you have a cult. You could try a cult. Try Wait, a cult. No, no, no. You have a cult at five percent. You have Cthulhu at two, right? Yeah. So you're more than twice as likely to make the occult roll for that. I assume that you, I presume that you had a cult from all your time in Africa. No. You just shot him. <laughs> just shot him. Just shot him. <laughs> I went to learn from other cultures. Well, by learn I mean You shoot. got a critical failure. Okay. There is something to do with these letters that might be a culty, actually. Okay. He, uh, I assume you're now telling... That's really... I've heard that before. That's yeah, really something weird. my grandmother said. There's uh, something about those letters. I don't know Here, could we uh, see the letter again? It's uh, J, E, and K. He, he, you, I assume you asked uh, Dr. Burgers about that? Like, yes, Wings J, E, and K. I don't know. It was whatever Dr. Shrine set up when he, when he was here. I just kept it that way. Okay. That's not true. Critical failure means you didn't get shit. That means that I get to believe that it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you're adamant about it because, okay. like, you you're convinced that that's the truth, sort of a thing. Okay. That's how bad your failure was. Okay. Um. Yeah. So you know, he's ah, it's, I don't know, but ah, we'll get you over to her room. You can meet meet with her for a little while. No problems. Okay. So you know, uh, he leads you through. You go through a really nice arts and crafts area. Actually, there's like. Four or five patients yeah. in the arts and crafts area. Someone's doing a puzzle. Okay. No TVs, right? They wouldn't have a TV. No. Yeah, I didn't no. think so. Someone's playing the Late band flute in the corner. Ninety-eight for uh, psychology. As I go through, uh, are they like acting in the way that psychology or psychi- uh, psychiatric ancient or lunatic asylum? Patients would uh, be acting a hundred percent. You are a hundred percent confident that there is nothing strange with any of the patients whatsoever. The guy playing the harpsichord in the corner is even more normal to you than anyone else. Like that's 
That's some good asylum work that they got him that fixed up. Hey, hey. There, there's no harpsichord in this hyperbole on that one. But there are people doing puzzles and, you know, guys painting and stuff like that. Now, when you say puzzles, do you mean, like, jigsaw puzzles, or do you mean, like, Rubik's Cube-style cubes that have, like, maybe black spikes coming out of them, like, hot gold symbols? Some sort of, like, Cthulhu Mythos Rubik's Cube. He's solving it, it opens... All the, all the pieces come apart for a second. There's a green flash, and then it comes back together and spins itself, and he solves it again. Yogg's around puzzle box sort of a thing. Periodically, he gets whispers to himself of some horrible deity. No, no, no. Just normal puzzles, like jigsaw puzzles and stuff okay. like that. Well, okay. it is a Call of Cthulhu game. Do either one of you want to make a spot hidden, though? Because he just critically failed that shit so hard? Sure. Uh, I succeed, regular success. So, I thought I had to score beneath this number. Yes, but that's a hundred. Zero is zero, zero, zero. Yeah, zero, zero, zero is a hundred. Oh, okay. That's why. It's the worst thing you can roll. So I failed. You failed, unfortunately. You want to push the roll? Is it important? You know, I would like to push my roll. On your roll? Yeah. Are you sure? Because I am psychologist man. You are. So there are... Two things that you can do in this game. You can push a roll, meaning that on this failure, you can just re-roll. You have to tell me that, oh, it is kind of important to me, like, that I succeed at this. If you fail, something bad will happen. If you succeed, you succeed, everyone's happy. Alternatively, not... Depends where it is and what's going on. Like, he may trip in this situation would be probably what's going to happen. Like, if he just failed again, he is probably going to trip over someone. 34. Oh, you made it this time? Yes. Good. One moment. Go to 60. Um, and then the other thing you can do is you can burn luck. So out of your luck score, you have 70. You wouldn't do this, but you could burn 40 points of luck and reduce your luck score to 30. And change the roll numbers to 25 and be able to pass. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I will not do that. Yeah. But uh, alternatively, you can always push the roll. Uh, I generally like it better when people push rolls versus burn luck, but that's just my preference. It's more fun that way. Someone can fall down some okay. stairs. But he succeeded the spot hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Bo- both of you now have succeeded. So, for you, you notice that... No one's actually doing any of the stuff that they're in the room doing. Like, the guy doing the puzzle is actually just sitting there. At, with the puzzle next to him. With the puzzle in front of him. Half, like, 90%... He's not moving? He's not really moving. He's just sort of... I mean, he's breathing and stuff. Like, you can see that. But he is just sitting there with the puzzle in front of him. Like, like 90%. Yeah, actually. So they're nicatatonic. Yeah. And the guy painting is actually has his brush and his, like, palette knife in his hand. No, not palette knife. Palette. Just palette, yes. Yeah, just palette. Not the knife. This no. brush and the palette in hand, he's just sitting there. He also is painting a picture, um, but he's just, like, stopped. He's just absolutely stopped at this point. And everyone in the room is kind of like that. I mean, the people who have tasks in front of them are clearly, like, paused. But the other people, like, you know, you have a couple people that were, like, reading newspapers. Like, they move around periodically and look around. Like, they're not entirely cat- catatonic. Mm-hmm. You notice this as well with your psychology check. Yes. It's not necessarily unusual psychologically 
Not necessarily. It's an awful lot of cataleptics in one room. Exactly. So, it could be, from your knowledge of psychology, that those people that are paused currently are uh, maybe over-medicated too much laudanum in the afternoon, so that's why this is happening. Could be. And, like, the fact that the other people are moving periodically, the guy reads the newspaper in his chair who's, like, rocking and stuff like that, like, he seems pretty on it, like, you can... See yeah. his eyes move and stuff, so he's not catatonic. And maybe it's just these couple people are having some medication issue. I inquire of Dr. Berger. Or Berger. Is it Berger? Berger. Is it spelled B-U-R-G-E? B-E-R-G-E-R. Berger's. What? Berger's. B. E. B-E? B-E. B-E-R. Okay, right. That's, that's what it is. Exactly. That's why I'm saying it that way. Bezier. Bezier. Right, I inquire of Dr. Berger if they have a superabundance of cataleptics. Some of the patients, uh, we haven't doubted on their medication because they, they, back before my tenure, you know, Dr. Shrine had some problems with violent patients and, yes. you know, so we, we have unfortunately trended towards the side of caution and may be in the process of reducing our medication levels on some of the patients. Just haven't dialed it in correctly on everyone yet. Yes. Deterioration is often a problem. Yeah. So that's the problem with those guys, unfortunately. They're okay. I mean, it's just that sometimes they just slow down so much. In the afternoon rounds, I'll make sure that all of our our, uh, psychologists uh, adjust their dosages slightly down. Well, better safe than sorry. Yeah, but we don't. We we really want to encourage an environment where people are lively and happy here. This is a place of healing, not of hurting. Yeah. He literally says exactly that, actually, <laughs> in that like nice tone, even. Hmm. So you know, you walk through another one of the gated doors that looks like you know nuclear launch keys are required to open it. And, uh, you guys, does he have both keys? He does actually. That, that's he an does interesting lock design you have there. Yeah. <laughs> That's also an old thing from Dr. Shrine. If I if I was the real superintendent full-time here, I would change all these measures. I don't think the patients need to be treated this way. But he's been gone for how long now? Ten years. Uh, it's what? He left in 1916. Oh, so. Well, the, 1916, the same time the amphitheater was completed? That's a good question. It was when the amphitheater was started. It was when he left. Okay. That's he's buried under the amphitheater. Yeah, right after the amphitheater was started is when he left. So I said he's buried under the amphitheater and then you immediately said yes. Could be. But then you went on, like and again you're you're saying something else. Yeah. Um Yeah, he's saying that uh it's it's not his place to uh Yeah, I'm just gonna skip that. That's my my world. Uh that it's not his place to you know make those sorts of decisions when there really is a superintendent who should be returning to work. He has been gone for you know seven years now, but that doesn't mean he had a lot of sabbatical time. And you know, Burgess is doing a great job running it, so he sort of explains to you guys that it's like you know it's it's not my place. It's sort of a state-run asylum as well. So you know the state needs to be the ones that say we're going to forcibly remove this guy from his job and appoint me the superior doctor. You know, okay. Does he literally say that he's the superior doctor? Yeah, it's sort of at the end, it sort of like just sort of rolls out of his mouth a little bit. Like, you know, the better doctor of the two. It would be better for the state. They haven't gotten there yet. It's not my place to say that I'm superior to them. 
Well, it should, should be fairly evident to them. I would think so, too. So but I'm going to try to lag a little bit behind as since he's engaged in the conversation. I want to see if the activity among the patients increases after he's out of sight. Okay. Like if they've paused because he walked, he's walked past. Yeah. So to do that, you would have to be on the other side of the security gate. You would be completely separated from these two for a moment. That's okay. Well, the other thing I want to do is I want to go break into Dr. Shrine's office, and I'm, I'm thinking that... Oh, man. This is a terrible, terrible idea. If you can punch a gorilla to death, <laughs> you can break into a psychiatrist's office. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Okay, so you lag behind, and he keeps walking with uh, you and you, and... Uh, as you lag, I ask him what he thinks about the Kent Rosenoff free association test as we're walking along. I have no idea what that is. What? So he says. <laughs> no, he I, I ask him a smart psychiatry question that enables him to pontificate and show off his brilliance. So he just starts pontificating right. at this point. What, Which to distract distracts him, him from that? Yeah. From the fact that we were one person down. Okay. So, you know, he behind him, the, the orderlies close the security gate as you get separated from everyone, and you start pacing in the room, I assume. And you guys keep walking. We'll come back to you in just a minute. Okay. So, after this, I'm going to check on the patients, then head towards Dr. Shrine's. I assume we had a floor map of this place. Uh, you do not, <laughs> but... I have Navigate, 30 and Navigate. You probably can do some navigation checks to figure out which way is true north. If you get back <laughs> to the uh, receptionist, tell her yeah. that the doctor wanted you to go wait in his office. Yeah. No, he wanted some, me to get something from Dr. Sh- uh, Shrine's office. Whatever. And take it to his. Okay. Be- so uh, you guys keep walking. You know, okay. you you actually physically exit the building uh, because this is an old style asylum. So the building actually isn't connected by a full hallway. And uh, you walk into the next one, and over the door it says, "You know, it must be really convenient in the winter time." Yeah, in New England too. Yeah, yeah. super is. Never have a northeaster here. Uh, yeah. So you exit the building that, or exit the main building, and you enter Wing J. And, uh, you know, you start walking up and walking up, and you see another one of the rooms with the people in it. Um, you keep walking, I assume. Yeah. Out of character. Yes. I believe that Wing J is the one that's going to be the source of the problem. I'm pretty sure the amphitheater's going to be the source of the problem. Could it be a really nice amphitheater? You guys end up blowing it up or something. Well, I got to thinking. He has like 20 sticks of dynamite, I bet you. I have no sticks of dynamite. I'm surprised. <laughs> I have smelling salt. I have bandages. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. E is 5, J is 10, K is 11. So, that means that building 10 would be building X. As in X marks the spot. <laughs> Jacques <laughs> put a lot of thought into this. I have to admit, that's Roman numerals. J is the tenth letter in the alphabet. Anyway, 
So, uh... Okay. We, we, you guys keep walking? You're just gonna go see Grandma? Yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, that's a question. You can say oh. no. Yeah. Okay. We're there to see. Yeah. yeah. You say, oh, it's just upstairs. She's, uh, she's in her, her room right now. And he leads you guys upstairs. Uh, you guys see a couple more orderlies as you go past. And, uh, um, Anything he, unusual about them? She's like orderlies. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little pale in the skin, but nothing weird about that. I mean, maybe they're inside a lot. Like getting near the do, do they look bored or passive or normal for, for kind of orderly? Kind of hidden check on them? Yeah, you can. Okay. But I hope you do good. No. I feel by time. They're just normal orderlies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that you guys notice. Are they? Are they? Do they all have like a, a peaked hairline? They do not. Like kind but of, kind of enlarged canines or anything. You know what you two can do right now? No. You both can make uh, insanity checks. Don't worry, yours is coming, buddy. Okay, so I think I succeeded. You did succeed. You don't. As long as none of these filthy inmates touch me, I should be fine. You fail. You lose one point. Uh, Both of you, you not as much as he, but both of you feel the presence of being watched again as when you're walking up, especially as you guys, you know, are looking back a little bit at the orderlies. You definitely feel like there's something going on. Like you Mm. feel this unsettling presence of something is clearly watching you. Okay. Are the orderly, orderlies like acknowledging us? Do they like see us as we walk by? Do we? Do they turn to follow us as we walk away? They don't turn to follow you, but they they did see you when you walk by. Like you know, they you know they wave to the doctor for a second and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, but you failed your spot hidden, so nothing else about that could be answered really. Okay. Hmm. Um, so yeah, you guys go upstairs, and perhaps we should have pushed that. I figured it wasn't that yeah. important. Well, it's even worse if you fail. Yeah. One of the orderlies might have clocked one of you. <laughs> you never know. Uh, escaping patient. <laughs> um, yeah, so you guys get up to Grandma's room, and it's a clearly a padded cell, actually. And they they open the door, and you guys, you know, you can just walk in. I will do the spot headed in the room first. Make sure there's no, like, traps or fluorescent things in there. Both the wall spikes come out and impale you as you walk through the door. Okay, so I think I succeed. Oh yeah, you did. Normal room. Grandma's in there. She's uh not looking too good actually. Yeah, is she like in a straight jacket? She's not. She's just sitting on the bed, really kind of like crouched over on herself. She looks kind of more grandma esque than normal. Okay. Like lost weight maybe, but in an unhealthy way, but not concerning as if the asylum was doing anything wrong, sort of a way. Okay. I approach her. Hey, say, you know, gently say, Mary Croswell? She responded. Hey, so, you, uh, you were heading towards the patients, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so as, as he leaves, none of them really changed too much about their demeanor. Okay. The guy who was painting drops his brush, actually, and, uh, you know, maybe 45, 50 seconds pass, and then he just reaches down and picks it up, and he goes back to painting as if nothing had even happened. And the guy doing the puzzle is still just, you know, frozen in time, sitting there, staring, staring. Okay. I'm going to go back down to the reception, and uh, I'm going to talk to the secretary and tell her that Dr. Uh, Burgess. 
Berger's? Yeah. Dr. Berger's wanted me to get something from Dr. Shrine's office. Okay. And that I need directions. Okay. Uh, she, uh, you know, reactivates, and <laughs> she's sort of like, Oh, Dr. Shrine? He hasn't been here in a while. You just go up the hallway to the right. Okay. First door on the left. Thank you. Don't miss the bathroom. Second door on the right. Okay, so I'm going to head over to Dr. Shrine's office. Okay. You want to make a spot hidden as you leave the uh, yeah. nurse's station? Critical failure. You don't see shit. Push the roll. I'm going to push that. Oh, okay. There's something off about this play. I think we all agree there's something creepy about it. There's something odd going on. And we're trying to figure it out. So, Did you uh, pass? Yep. Oh, cool. So as you walk away, you know, she's happy and smiling, and her eyes sort of follow you as you leave. But, like, as her head hits the distance that it goes, her eyes continue following you. Uh, pretty pretty fixed, as if, like, she was paying attention to you more than a normal he- human being would pay attention to, you know, another human being. In almost like a... Security camera way? Yeah, almost in a security camera-esque way, except the worst part was when the eyes rolled just to all white as they exited their frickin', like, normal ocular space. So, you know. I believe I'm right. The intellect's vast, cool, and unsympathetic regard us. What? And plan against us. (laughs) You, uh, might want to make a sanity check on that one, actually, as you, you know, make more gingerly walk into the stairwell. Uh, can I, can I push a sanity check? I'll allow it. Because I really don't want a critical failure, fail sanity. No, you don't. I won't rob that much from you. I fail my pressed sanity roll. You lose one point, just one point. For the, for the Robo-Man, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, Robo-Man, what? What? I, I would add in another one. He did push it and fail. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay, actually, no, you lose more than that, then. Oh, well, you lose two. He's rolling a d4 instead of just doing a natural one. (laughs) Okay, so you head upstairs, Mm -hmm. and uh, when you get upstairs, there's literally an orderly at the top of the stairs. Okay, I have something to get from Dr. Shrine's office. Oh, Dr. Shrine's office! First one on the right. (laughs) So they're not even questioning my story here. Nope, they are not questioning your story. <laughs> Until you get to the door and can't open it because you don't have a key. Got any locksmithing ability? Yep, so I'm... Well, you know, your Hulk-like strength, too. You snap the knob and push it open. <laughs> yes, because that's how locks work. Okay, so you go and you, the door's unlocked. I go in. Okay. I go in, I open it slowly, and I'm going to be, you know, do this carefully... I, you know, there's something off about this place, and I want to be prepared for anything that might be on the other side of the door. You know, I just, like, carelessly fling the door open. So, uh... Kind of slowly open. Yeah, you slowly open it, and, you know, the orderly, the orderly's just at the end of the hole, yeah, smiling, and he's like, you have fun! And just walks down the stairs, like, not really caring that you're going in there. Okay. And uh, as soon as you get inside, it is just abandoned. It is like... No one's been in here. No one's been in there in seven years. There's spider webs everywhere. There's dust everywhere. You contemplate how uh, Dr. Slaughter feels about how filthy this room is. Uh, There's a dead rat trapped in a a, a mousetrap in there, actually, who's just like completely rotted to almost skeleton with a small amount of fur still even. 
you contemplate that while we go to you guys who ask Grandma a question about how well she was doing? Okay. I No, I just say Mary Croswell as I approach her. She she I, sort of I shakes. I have my stethoscope. Yeah. Yeah. She, she shakes a little bit as she uh, sits up and looks at you. Who are you? Uh, I'm a friend of your grandson's. Oh. I'm Dr. Oh, Cuthbert. Oh, you're here for <laughs> I, I put the stethoscope... Kind of warm it up a little bit. And I put it on her back, listen to her breathing. Uh-huh. Burgess is just standing there like, y- are you guys okay for a moment? And she, Certainly. she when he speaks, she looks at... Or no, yeah, when he speaks, she looks at him like, you know... Yeah, the gates of hell have opened and she's scaring deeply into the abyss sort of a thing. Like, Wow. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just a little bit scared. Yeah, like is physically scared. Like you, you as, you know, having your stethoscope on her physically hear her heartbeat increase. Yeah, as he speaks. You guys have fun in here for a minute. I'll be back. Okay. You know, he claps his hands and he points at you with the double, double finger guns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he walks out, clipboard under, tight, tuckly under his arm, and closes the door as he leaves, actually. Could be airlock. Um, I make Could that for psychology. <laughs> uh, the double finger guns in the 1920s, like, is this guy on the trolley, or is he completely unhinged? Psychology. How'd you do on that? I got 55 out of 60. Something's off, but not necessarily... You don't think he's necessarily insane or anything like that at this point. Um, It's just a little bit positive, that's all. Yeah, he's super positive. His job, he loves helping people. And all these beautiful asylum attendees... I mean, not attendees, what? You know, patrons. It's like a Roach Motel. Anyway, um... I failed my listen check. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the door's just closed. Okay. So you guys talking to uh, good old Mary? Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> say hi. I, she, she, she hogs me or whatever. It's so good you're here. I just think you did get my letter. That I know that yeah. they read it and took it. Can I ask her a question that only the true grandma would know? Of course. Okay, so I do that. Yeah, so... I continue to do a medical check <clears throat> on her. I got 35 of 50. What kind of question would it be? Five. I don't know. When, Something that... When I was eight, um, what tree was it that? What did you give me for my eighth birthday? She's like... Got you that that yo-yo you always wanted. No. Yes, Maybe. they had yo-yos. Okay, they did. I got you that yo-yo you always wanted. Okay. The, the wood one with the carved stuff, and then I I burned your name into the other side with my uh, wood burning tool. No. <laughs> Magnifying glass and sun. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, you were so happy, and then we saw you that Christmas, and then I didn't see your family for another ten years. Okay. Is that all? That's all. That's all true. It's it's clearly Grandma. She uh, is just something's going on with her. Okay. It's just this place just isn't isn't good. Have you have you seen the the, the staff? We did. We had a little cheerful. Cheer. Cheer. I would never say cheerful. Okay. Cheerful is not. Have they been harming you, abusing you? She doesn't really respond when you say that. It's like, it's like she doesn't really know how to tell you what's happening. It's okay. The, the nightmares come every night, though. Okay. The, the staff are always watching, and sometimes they have to put me in this room when I try and escape. Okay. So yeah, you know, got, right. any, got any other questions for her? And 
Well, how about your medical checks? You getting any information? She seems a little malnourished, but again, probably not in the way that like she hasn't been eating. Hmm. Actually, in fact, on her nightstand, there's a full ham sandwich and a big glass of like chocolate milk or something like really nutritious. She just hasn't eaten any of it. There's a nightstand in a padded cell with a glass glass of milk. It's a bag. Of milk. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't even have a plastic bag of milk. Shoot. There is... Why would there be a... Okay, there wouldn't be a, night, a padded there cell. Wouldn't, there wouldn't. You just have padded cell. Yeah. And straight jacket or not straight jacket. Yeah, it's... it's. I guess when I say padded cell, I'm not thinking padded cell in the sense that she's like a, a, a risk of like injuring herself or others. Maybe, you know, it's like a private room, but not like... But like old style private room with the single... The single roll-away bed thing and okay. straps on it right. and, you know... Okay. Yeah. Well, that would indicate this is a, something really weird is going on with this place. Yeah. It's like they're they're mixing one thing with the other. It shouldn't be. Like, yeah, that's just me misspeaking and right. not saying um, correctly. I ask her about her appetite. I, I eat all the time. I just... I'm always so weak now. It's, something's draining our life lessons. Hmm. That's a pretty... Pretty clever idea. Life. What what else could be associated with life that would have control over everything inside the building? Um, Vigor. She just she's describing to you how weak she is, and you know as she's doing this, are you still listening to her heart and stuff? Yeah, checking her over. Yeah. Well, as you do, do she at one point she she uh, you see like a shadow walk past the door, and she just done out. She, she is passes out. Passed out. Okay. My word. This woman is anemic. Okay. She needs to be hospitalized at once. She's in a hospital. No, she's not. She's in a lunatic asylum. They have doctors, don't they? It's, it's an entirely person. different situation. Yeah, no. This, this woman, for, for her health and well-being, nothing against this fine institute, must be transferred to a medical hospital immediately. Are you saying this to him because Berger's left and closed the door? Uh, yes, I'm saying this to him. Okay. I, I concur. Okay. I, she, she's just randomly passing out. Do you want to wake her, her up? Her blood pressure is very low. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 smelling salts. Okay. Smelling salt. Hey, I, how are you doing inside that uh, room with the dead rat? And the, the rat is, the rat's the real issue. It's not going to be the dust. It's not the dust that contains, you know, dirt and filth or anything that might be Yeah. <laughs> 90% humans? Well, you wouldn't know that at this point. The rat's the problem. Um, yeah. So how, how far... I want to like get to the desk. How far is the rat from the desk? Is it's at the like, foot of the desk. Like, if this was the desk and this was, like, the side facing out... See the if the wastebasket... Right there at the bottom. ...is empty. If is there, it is... Is there anything I could grab, like, a, a coat rack to push the to rat push the rat. There is a coat rack. In fact, there's a hat and a coat on the rack. Check them for clues. I'll check the pockets of the coat first. Uh, it has uh, has like a small lighter in it uh, with you know uh, what is it? Shrine's shrine's name on it. Okay, I'll, I'll drop, drop his stuff. I mean, obviously he's not going to be. He's probably dead, and I'm actually kind of suspecting foul play at this point. It's, it would. It's weird that they haven't cleaned this place in seven years, and that 
He's on sabbatical for seven years, right after this amphitheater was built, and this new doctor takes over. Yeah. The entire thing seems sketchy. It's super sketchy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you uh, push the rat out of the way, what else do you do in the room? Uh, I'm going to take the coat rack and push the rat away, and then I'm going to go over to the desk, and I'm going to close the door okay. first. Uh, just I had just assumed you closed the door when you came inside. I locked the door. Yeah. <laughs> you locked the door. Are there any windows? There is not. This is an interior room somehow. Somehow. It's as though it was a building designed before the 1930s where they had interior rooms that didn't have a way to get out of them other than one main door. But don't worry. It's fireproof with that asbestos barrier and oh, yeah. the walls. <laughs> so uh, is there like a light to turn on? Yeah, there's a desk lamp. Okay, I'll turn on the lamp. And it burns out immediately. <laughs> what? Well, when he went into the room, for him to see the rat, there had to be light. There's light so coming there through like... the door. It's just extra light. Okay. Yeah, there's just light coming through the door and stuff like that. Because so the like hallway's there's... fairly well lit. So, like, there's a transom. Yeah. And, and the light coming through that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. Exactly. So, you turn on the lamp and the, the light bulb burns out immediately. Okay, I'm going to, like, look through the drawers of the desk. Is there anything on top? Yes, on Any top. journals? Actually, on top of the desk... There's a press release that it has, you know, the normal sort of for immediate release sort dust. of thing on it. Yeah, it's covered in dust as if, you know, someone had wrote it, put it on this desk, and then never came back sort of a thing. And the press release is about uh, Shrine retiring from Danvers Asylum, in fact. And it goes on to explain that, you know, he's a veteran superintendent, and he, uh, he, uh, what is it? was suffering really bad because of the poor reputation of the hospital and all the deaths that were happening there. And, uh... He... I thought he reduced the deaths. Ah, no. Berger's reduced the deaths. Mm. Yeah, Berger's reduced the deaths. So Dr. Shrine was suffering, you know, from... He just doesn't understand why those people are dying all the time in this hospital. It's not even like they're that violent or anything. And he's just done with it. He's just retiring now. And they were going to leave the hospital to Berger's as, you know, the second person there. And it said that he had come back from sabbatical... But he died shortly after returning from his sabbatical. Why is this not public? Was this, like, privately written? Isn't that the $1,000 question, though? It's as though someone wrote it for immediate release. It looks like it was written by Dr. Shrine himself. And then the bottom portion was, you know, amended on about the death thing by someone else. Like, he had written the first portion of it about wanting to retire and stuff like that, and then someone else had modified it later. Well, he died, so I guess the first portion is his own words, but now we have to do, like, the memorial thing, too. And then they just never told anyone that he was dead. That's kind of the impression that you get, actually. Exactly that impression, in fact, that no one ever said anything. Do an accounting check. Happening. See if he's still getting paid. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're concealing his death. You could try. No, I'm going to go through the drawers. Okay, library use on the drawers. I succeed. Okay, so as you go through the doors or drawers, what you're finding is the, the records of all the dead patients. Mm-hmm. They all seem to die from what appears to be a... Dropsy. Dropsy. No, dropsy. It's something people used to die from. Not, not that. Okay. They all seem to have like starved to death, which is weird, because like all of the files that have these dead patients in them 
are like making incredible notes. Like we fed them at this time, they're up to like eight meals a day, and they just keep getting thinner and thinner. Like they're all wasting away, sort of a thing, and they just keep dying. Some of the patients become violent as they uh, approach their like last days and kill other patients and stuff like that. And all of the files are like this. Okay. Uh, is there anything like? Is there a closet? More personal stuff to trickle through. Uh, you can go through his desk a little bit more. You find a dollar bill shoved way into the back, like it fallen out of a wallet, got stuck in there. There's some pencils, some paper. Takes money. <laughs> of course, of course. You you can pocket the dollar. That's no problem. He probably won't need it. He seems like he's dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know that that's really all you find in there. Then the waste basket basket it has still some just crumpled documents from what looks like what his last day of work was. Some notes. What, what date? What date is that? Yeah, that is worth worth noting. Ask, ask detailed question. Yeah, I, I'm also. What day is it today? Because it sounds it's like 1924. One second, actually, that's a good question. It sounds it like is. his death roughly correlates with the building of the amphitheater. So I want to try to get dates for both of those and see if they ha- if they were like the exact same time. We're going with 1924 because that's easier for me. Um, he, his last, like, working dates, apparently, were in 1915, actually, mm-hmm. and then he went on sabbatical at that point, is from what you can see. And then came the office, back, then And died. then came back in 1916 when the amphitheater started, and then apparently died. Was the amphitheater his idea? Is there anything in, like, his journals that would suggest? Nothing odd about it. He thought it was weird that they were building an amphitheater, but he actually really liked Berger's idea to give it to the people like that. So it was Berger's place. idea to build the amphitheater? Yeah, more or less. And Burgers reduced the deaths. Yeah, Burgers reduced the deaths. After the amphitheater is built, the deaths seem to be sort of slow. That's about the, the that's about what the that's time the that, death rate size. Yeah, that's from what you get based on the library uses that you'd use in the oh. train book car, and based on what you found in his office. That's how that rolls. Are there more patients now than there was previously? Seems like the number is very stable. Okay, but you probably wouldn't notice that because you're not there. Uh, so is I there, understand. So it sounds like he traveled the world uh, on sabbatical. Is there anything of archaeological significance? Any uh, weird relics from other cultures or civilizations? The Tablets kind of thing, carved out of whalebone. Yeah, the kind of thing that uh, Doc Slaughter might steal. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, repossess and donate to a museum. This belongs in a museum. Specifically, the Doc Slaughter Private Museum. It's Located in his basement. <laughs> Remember, if you put a typed note card in front of it explaining what it is, it's a museum. That's true. Uh, no, on the walls there's a few, like, bits and bobs of maybe, you know, like, probably an African face mask. Something that you've seen before. You probably have like a dozen in your basement. Some still have their heads stuck inside of them. But, you know, no, nothing too... Un- there's a globe... In his office that, like, has little pins stuck in it of, like, you know, I was here sort of bullshit, but nothing too unusual about that. And no, there, nothing too, like, valuable. Even. There's no closet? Or... There's no closet in his thing. It, normally his stuff would just be put in the coat rack and stuff like that. Hmm. I'm going to kind of make a spot hidden to try to... Is there a file cabinet? Stuff. Yeah, he went through the filing cabinets. Uh, Pull out the bottom drawer of the filing cabinet. All the way. There's a small gnome. And see if there's anything the hidden underneath it. This is what I would say if I was there. Right? I'm gonna just use spot hidden to see if there's uh, if there might be any hidden stuff I missed. That's a regular success. 
Uh, there's nothing that you missed. You've got it all now. Uh, but as you're, like, you know, flipping cabinets now, um, you should probably, A, make a power roll. Okay. Didn't you fail one earlier? Yeah. Wow. I succeed. Critical success on my yeah. power Critical roll. success. Hey, you should make a save. The room is watching you. I fail. Yeah, you uh, lose one point of sanity. You do feel exactly as he's saying that the room is watching you. Uh, it almost feels like you have this idea that it's time to leave this room because for some reason you feel as though people are coming to this room. Okay. Yeah, that seems like a good idea to leave now. So yeah. You, know, you go to the door, and I assume you open the door. Yeah. As you walk into the hallway, there are literally four I'm, orderlies. I'm going to have some of the, some papers. Under I'm your taking arm? taking back to Doug. Yeah. Did you take the lighter out of you? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there are four orderlies, all, like, almost semicircle around the door. Like, they were both coming from both angles, and they just sort of stopped the second yeah. that you opened it sort of a thing. I have Dr. Burgess's papers now. And... Three of them are very not happy, and the fourth one is, you know, jovial guy. Hey, you guys are locked inside that room? Did we try the door yet? No, but I got an ought to for biology. Uh-huh. Uh, is this, in fact, Drop. some form of... No, I know it's not Dropsy. <laughs> dropsy. It's, incidentally, here's Dropsy. Where they fall down the stairs in the asylum a whole bunch. No, no, Dropsy is like, up until the late 40s, early 50s, that was just a cause of death. It was, like, he, literally, the coroners would write down dropsy. That's uh, super interesting. Yeah, basically, it's congestive heart failure. Yeah. But huh. they didn't know what it was, so they just dropsy. He just dropsy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, for, it's ought to, out of biology, I have 40 in biology, so it's, like... Pretty 40, good. Yeah. Um, is this, in fact, just simple anemia? It could be cured with some bed rest and iron tablets. Is it? Is it exact? Does she seem dehydrated? It seems like she's wasting away. It seems like, in your medical opinion, mm-hmm. that she should just be eating more, getting more fluids. That's exactly what it seems like. It absolutely seems like someone who's just... Incre- malnutrition. Yeah, incredibly malnourished and just needs to eat more and have more fluids and stuff like that. All right. That's that. In your medical opinion, that's exactly how you diagnose it. That's exactly what it appears to be. Right. And if she just eats that stupid sandwich and drinks her chocolate milk, she would be fine, it seems. Rather, I believe that she should be put on an IV and, and get, get fluids intravenously as well. You probably would. She probably need it at this point. I mean, what they they I don't know how I they should roll the cult with it uh, if I had known I was going to get not too. But you can try a cult, okay? Um, is that ninety-seven? Is this important to you, David? <laughs> this might be a significant event actually okay. inside inside this campaign. I'm just you know saying. Yeah, <laughs> you fall happily. 63. What's your cult? It is... It's a reverse yo-yo. 
He uh, he doesn't notice anything. He just sort of starts wandering off to the other side of the room, and for some reason, you're like walking face first into the wall. We don't like <laughs> as if someone was controlling an NPC and they misclicked really bad. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, that in your medical opinion, like I don't know how force feeding's done at this point in time, but you she should even be almost force feeding her if she wasn't eating on her own. Her. Do you um, want? Did you you were using the smelling salts, though, right? Did she wake her up? I was going to, but first I was going to check her over a little bit more thoroughly. Okay. So, um, yeah, sorry, smelling salter. Yeah, she gets up. She seems like, oh, sorry, I just got the vapors first. The vapors, not the vapors. <laughs> she goes super attracted to you and passed out. Um, well, no. vapors would, um, yeah, like that's, vapors wasn't a romantic attraction. Oh, it was just a sudden acceleration of the, the heart. Is it hyper, uh, hypertachyrhythmia? Yeah, it seems all right. Yeah, that's that what the vapors was. So. Oh, well, yeah, that's... that's it was often of... exacerbated by the fact that they're wearing girdles and... Um, oh, yeah, and then you the, can't breathe very well, and so yeah. all of a sudden you're, like... What's, what's the other thing, like a corset. girdle? Corset. corset, yes. Made of whalebone. I mean, what? Um, no, the stays would be made of whalebone. Uh, yeah, she... The entire thing is made of whalebone would be horribly itchy. She, she <laughs> apologizes to you about passing out, and she knows, So, Roderick, why are you walking to the wall like that, darling? I don't know. It's gonna feel like I have to. <laughs> um, you know, she apologizes. She's just really weak. She feels really tired sometimes, like that. I, I understand. It's like, and, you know, it's like it's just I'm like sure she's how long she's been here. Been about three weeks. Okay. What uh, is it normal for her to deteriorate this much, that fast? Okay. Nope. He can very clearly tell you with his medical knowledge. Okay. Nope, she should not be like this at all. Okay. So. Here's my plan. I, I take you aside. Okay. Um, we should. Is there a window in this room? Uh huh. Okay. We we go and we're we're looking out the window, uh, and like in indicating out the window as though we're discussing the view. You need to get your grandmother out of here. There's something odd going on. Uh, indicating to a tree. Uh, so what we should do is not make a fuss and leave now. Go to a hospital. Talk to a director of the hospital. Get an ambulance and some orderlies from the hospital. Come back, pick her up under the auspices of the hospital, rather than just two doctors from out of state. Okay. Bird flying through sky, and you know, handle it that way. Because I think if we just say, as doctors from a different state, we we demand to take her with us, then they would probably not like that. So we right. with those orderlies. I concur. And do they right. buy my papers, story? Actually, the really jovial one says, You should come with us, friend. Where to? We have to go see Dr. Burgers, of course. And so as he's saying that, the three that are less uh, jovial sort of step a little bit closer to you. Okay. Let's go. I'm going to I'm gonna head with them, but I'm going to be looking for an opportunity to make a break for it. Okay. So. Just do the thing where you start walking faster and faster. Yeah, or you never actually start running. You're just walking so fast they're having to hustle to keep up with you. <laughs> One of them kind of trips and three stooges style. They all go down, and that's when you start running. <laughs> you know, they start leading you towards the stairs. You're sort of getting led downstairs, and are they in front of me? They're in front of you and behind you. They actually are not taking you down the same stairwell that you originally went up. Take a leg cramp. Well, I was thinking, and then tackle the ones in the front. Dude, in front of me on the stairs, <laughs> and then just go. You can. There's no problem. Make a brawl check if you're on the stairs. 
Actually, Ride him down the stairs like a surfboard. So I want to be. I want. Okay, I want to do this when I'm for, uh, at the right distance from the bottom of the stairs. I'm going to kick the dude in front of me, jump to the bottom of the stairs, so that the people behind me, if they try to start running, wait, wait. will fall down the stairs. So is it a set of stairs like switchbacks, stairs going down here, landing, stairs going out like that? Yeah, concrete. Um, so. What you probably want to do is kick the dude so he's going down the stairs like this, and then you go over the banister yeah. onto the other set of stairs, and that would be less... How, how big a gap is it between... Is it like this? Is it like that? He, he should be able to make that jump. There are, okay. you know, normal college-style stairs. I don't know. This yeah. much for you. you were really thin. You could always imagine that as a child, you could jump down and just fall thirty stories. Or in the old buildings where there's like an eighteen foot gap. Yeah, it's just a like, giant. Yeah, no, not like that. Like this is pretty close together. Okay. Is that okay. what you want to do? Yeah. So you get on the stairs and you should roll a brawl check. This guy's unknown that you're kicking him in the back of the legs, so uh, he'll not go to dodge. I'm gonna kick him in like. In lower the back. lower back, so he really okay. I want him falling face first. Well, if you want him falling face first, kick him higher up, or you can just kick him in the back of the knee and then do it. Like, okay, I'm, I'm I'm sure I would know the optimal place to kick someone. You you I will assume that Doctor Slaughter knows how to kick someone down the stairs. We're terrible people in games. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna press my roll. This is really important to you. It's, I can understand. Yeah, I would like to not critically fail this fighting brawl check. I don't think you... Ten. Okay. Oh, for a second I thought you got a hundred, and I was like, man, you are going down those stairs. That's an extreme success. <laughs> it is. You kick him right in the back, and the guys behind him just sort of like stop as you do this. And <laughs> you the... rupture his spinal column. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, right. Roll, roll for damage. Let's, let's uh, see how much... It's a D4 plus a D6. D4 plus a D3, isn't it? What's your so, damage bonus? Uh, D4. Oh, no. Yeah, D4 yeah. plus a... D3 for kick? Unarmed is just D3 Yeah, D3. Plus yeah, exactly. So D3 plus D4. So you Three points. Three points of damage. So, Probably not, not lethal. So if he's an average person, he has ten hit points. So that kick just did a third of his health, probably. Okay. Well... Then we're going to smash him into the concrete stairs below, too, so don't worry. <laughs> um, he's probably he's probably really hurt, like critical wound-style hurt here. Where'd my chart go? Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's not getting up for a minute. Um, the people behind him, jaws just drop. Like, this is the first, like, reaction that you've seen from another human being in this, other than, you know, the patient's. May, may I make a further suggestion? Yeah. Uh, so you've got that file of papers mm-hmm. that you have honestly no intention of delivering. Yeah, Just you. whip that behind you and then make your check to go over the railing yeah. onto the next set of stairs. You don't even need to confuse them with that. They're already just, like, in shock that this man kicked another person down the concrete stairs. Okay? <laughs> you can still throw it if you want. I tell you not to. Make a dexterity check about getting over this banister properly so your foot doesn't get stuck and you end up face first. On the die. Okay, so you make the banister, and I assume you get to the bottom of the stairs and open the door and start running. Yep. I'm going to be running away from the asylum. Okay. Like, back out into the outside? Yeah, I didn't think this through, but yeah. Okay, so 
there's one problem that you're going to have. That was the way they were leading you. That will get you in a, just a second. Yeah, I, I feel like I didn't think this through, but, uh... You know... It's just like, I got away, but now where do I run to? It's not like there are security doors everywhere or anything. <laughs> so, what were you guys doing again? You were discussing how you need to go out of the hospital yes. and... Are we on the second or the first floor? You're on the second floor. Okay. Well, we're, we're, we're just going to... spot hidden as you stare sure. out that window longingly? Yeah, I make it. Do, do I see him running fast? You just play a coon squad beating with the toms. You do not. Okay. Uh, wow, I wish I had thought of that. That's good, Mike. Um, you do not. Um, as you're staring out the window, though, you notice that, like, as you stare out, that painting from earlier comes to mind. Because, like, as you're, you know, playfully doing the suggestion towards it to make it look like if anyone was watching that, like, you know, you're We're not... We're discussing how great the view is. Exactly. You notice It's the, the painting from it's the hallway? It's almost exactly like the painting from the hallway. The only difference now mm-hmm. is that there's a big-ass amphitheater in the middle of where the painting didn't have a big-ass amphitheater. Okay. It's yeah, beautiful. The trees are changing just right. If the amphitheater wasn't in its big ass way, you could see the beautiful reservoir with pristine, clear, dark blue, not clear water. Okay. Ominously impenetrable water. Exactly. That your eyes can't penetrate for some reason, as if it were like a living mass of something. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you've noticed that. Isn't that weird? It's a little weird. But, you know, also kind of normal because the back of the buildings all face towards this beautiful amphitheater and or, you know. Yeah. All right. So, but, fine, so you know? we're, we're going to just... No, that was your spot. We've, we've seen his... That's uh, how similar it is to the painting. We've seen his grandmother. We're going to just politely bid them a fond adieu and uh, we're, we're leaving. Okay. So lightly and walk to the door. Yep. Yes. And you try the door, I assume? I, I knock if it's locked. It is locked. Right. You knock. Dr. Burgers appears right in the view. Well, we're done. She, she's tired and wants to take a nap, so uh, we're leaving. You tell him that everything seems to be in order. Yes. Or pleased. With the care. Yes. Okay! And he opens the door. <laughs> he starts leading you guys out. You know, leading you back the way through the security doors. I give him the... more more opportunities to talk about how great he is and oh, he impress was... us with how intelligent he, he is. He loves that. You know, it's all leading questions. As you're talking to him about this, maybe you should make an idea roll. You too. Idea rolls are actually just intelligence. You just need to break that number. Oh. I succeed. Okay. Is this really important to me? It might be. It depends on what you want. But he succeeded. So I succeeded. What happens okay. with him first? Mm-hmm. You kind of start noticing as he's expounding on how amazing he is and how good this whole place is that he didn't quite make the same path that he did last time with you. Oh, so he's taking us directly to the main parking lot? No. <laughs> like, he... If you were really, like, on the ball, maybe, like, he, he seems to be leading you differently out... Of the building. Okay. Uh, in the building, still? But, yeah, you're still in the building. You okay, he's just taking us a different way. Yeah. I, I mentioned that to him. I, he, he sort of is like, oh, oh, this place, I just want to see more of it. I just like it here so much. I thought you guys would like to see more of it, too, while I was leading you back to your friend. Oh, Speaking okay. of, where is he? 
And then we fade to black as we approach you, who's now on the deck. Running across, <laughs> running across the yard. Not, not quite yet. There's still a security door that you got to open at the end of the hallway. So I assume you get to said door, and it's clearly Man. locked. Okay. Do you want to use your Hulk-like strength to rip the security door? Uh, do I think that's feasible? I mean, is this like a huge door? How much locksmith do you have? None. What's your strength? 65. You could probably do it, to be honest. Okay. You do this. It is. <laughs> a dock slaughter adventure. Well, yeah, Doc, this here's the thing. My next story. Wait, is it, is it like there's a steel door in a steel frame, but it's a drywall wall? So I guess you just like punch through the wall. K- kind of. It, it's it's like someone installed these things without fully understanding how architecture works. So Wait. they're like a wooden security door sort of a thing too, even. Right. It just has the dual locks, which were just super neat. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, I really, it's really I'm going to press this. It, it is pretty important. Okay, there we go. Hard success. You kick this door and it like... it. Literally, cracks yeah, half. it cracks in half as Dr. Slaughter is just, bam! And you you kick open the security door that wasn't closed prior, and the nurse is just sitting there, and she has a smile on her face, and she sort of turns her whole body, looking at hey, did you find the papers you were looking for? Yeah. We dropped them off at his <laughs> office, and I'm leaving now. <laughs> Do you run outside? Yeah. Okay, so you run outside, and I am now just going to take control of your character for a second. As orderlies start pouring out of this building, one of them has a huge head wound that he is holding as he's running after you. Kind of half like strokey too, like part of his body isn't really working properly anymore because because of that head wound from the stairs. <laughs> hey, you guys, mm-hmm. you want to make a listen roll actually for this one? Sure. Do we hear a door breaking in the distance? You hear something? Yeah. You made it. Yeah. Good. I deal. made it. Perfect. You all hear yelling. Like, get in the car! We need to get out of here now! And, uh... Is, is it his voice? It's his voice. Okay. So as Wait. you hear this, you know... We didn't bring your car! <laughs> yeah. We walked from the train station! Dr. Berger sort of stops abruptly, like, what the devil? And he looks out oh, the window... Oh, he's, he's real excitable sometimes. He looks out the window, and you guys probably follow his gaze, I assume. <laughs> Wait, so, like, he opens the window and leans out to look? No, like, there's just big windows that he just, like, is like stops. Do, do the windows open? Maybe not. not. Well, I mean, it probably could. You could jump through a glass window. You could jump through a plate glass window. We could. I, I open the window to get a better look. Okay, you open the window to get a better look. And does, does Dr. Burgess, like, lean out to look also? He does not. He just sort of stands there like, what the devil is this is all he here? close to the window? Fairly close to the window. Like, is he up against the wall? Not, not leaning out, but, like, close. Yeah, like, you open the window and he's probably standing just about next to you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, so we invent the patty cake, patty cake. From uh, the road movies. Have you seen any of the road movies? No. What With is Bing this? Crosby and Bob Hope? No, what? Uh, so, <coughs> Bing Crosby and Bob Hope are not physically large men, <coughs> but in the movies, whenever there's like a, a large opponent, they, they, uh, they start doing patty cake with one another, and then when they get to one part, they just both go like that and turn and punch. So, I look at him. So, uh, you want to make big brawl checks on that one? Uh, yeah, we grab him by the pants, we throw him out the window. 
Okay. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I do still want the brawl checks. Okay, is that against strength? Brawl, fighting brawl is this guy. You know, the issue with calling the hospital at this point is that we've pretty much killed some people. He's not dead, just, you know, gravely wounded. Like, more than half of his HP was taken by falling... Are we on the third floor? Or the second floor? You're actually on the second floor still. Okay, good. Uh, Yeah, so I succeed on my fighting brawl, 35 out of 55. Okay, I fail. So I should probably push 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 that. Yeah, push that. Fail again. Burn luck! He can't oh, burn that much luck. Can I? You, you, yes, actually, you probably could, because we are getting near the end here. Probably. Yeah, you could burn that much luck. Okay. How, how much luck is it? He got an 86, and he needs a 25. <laughs> so that'd be... 60? 61? 61. So it'd leave you with nine points of luck. Have you burned luck already? No. Yeah, leave you with nine points of luck. You could luck regenerates it. over time. It does. Okay. Burn that much luck. Right. Now to make um, a whole bunch of luck rolls. So we uh, <laughs> we both grab him by the, his pants and just push him right out the window. <laughs> right out the window, and then yell, "Why did he jump?" <laughs> <laughs> You're running across the yard, being chased by these orderlies. You guys just murdered a man. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. I succeeded in my fast talk to yell. Why did he jump? Why did he jump? Uh, none of the patients really react. Um, orderlies do show up at the ends of the hallway, so you guys might want to like start start fading into the background. Yeah, start trying to find your way out at this point. How much health did he have? Oh no, he's dead. He's dead. He's a hundred percent dead. That guy that went out the window. He is a hundred percent dead. He jumped to his death. It's the oddest thing. <laughs> so weird. As soon as any investigators show up at this hospital from like the state, and they go into the room of the guy who's supposed to be on sabbatical, but they find like that note about him being dead. Nothing has been done in his dead rat rotting on the floor. Like, obviously, something is horribly wrong here. All the patients are somehow dying from emaciation. Yeah. Despite eating, yeah. See, I mean, we'll 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 speed it up here a second yeah. because there is yeah. No, that's why we threw the guy out the window. There isn't We're, a lot we, left, so you yeah. guys probably push back, push past some orderlies, and meet up with Doctor Slaughter, who's making laps now around the thing, <laughs> waiting for you guys. We're all together. Hey, okay. uh, we go to the train station. What's the nearest train? But two hours from now, in fact. But um, you know, now that you're safely in the train station, you could probably dial the police for maybe Grandma's being wait, abused. Wait, wait, wait! We can't talk. We can't call the police. Yes, we can. Your word versus the orderlies. The illustrious Doctor Slaughter, a breathing kid who saw his grandmother abused. abused? Uh, so you call. You two call up the police. I call up the. Uh, I start calling up newspapers and um, yeah, it's 1920s radio stations. Yeah, radio stations. Uh, Anonymously reporting that the head of the, uh, the psychiatric hospital committed suicide <laughs> because he had he was covering up the death of the the previous doctor uh, who's been dead for years. He had never gone on sabbatical, like the guy said. Um, Taking his paychecks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's still getting paychecks, but he's, <laughs> he's obviously investigating fraud. <laughs> May I interject something real quick? It's it's near topic, but not. Okay. Uh, so I found out in the 1990s, this guy retired from the state of Massachusetts. He had been employed there 
for years. In fact, since the, the early 60s. Uh-huh. Um, they had forgotten to fire him. Oh. So he just kept collecting paychecks from the 1960s through to his retirement in the 1990s. And because of being a state employee, like, every so often he just got raises. When they got rid of the death penalty in the state of Massachusetts, the guy who knew who the state executioner was didn't mention to anyone that they needed to fire him and then he retired. The new guy didn't know anything about it, so there's just this guy with this code of, you know, this uh, payroll code on there, doesn't know what it is, he just, so he just keeps getting paid. So the guy who had been the state executioner just kept getting paid, didn't have to murder anyone. He didn't have to execute anyone. That's hilarious. So we win by by running away? You win by running away, and I assume that you're probably going to release Grandma too, because... Wait, wait. I insist. You insist. I I just caused the death of a fellow human being for very little provocation. I should make a sanity check. You can. I fail. Okay. You're probably going to lose about four points of sanity. Okay. I If I lost one more point of sanity, I've lost five. So... I will, so, what's my temporary insanity? I'm always dying in these things without ever getting an insanity thing. That is, well, or in mine, you're always killing without getting temporary insanity things. It depends on who's running it. Chris's game, it's usually death. Oh, well, you know, I didn't get you guys the Ilganoth. The what? Ilganoth. He's the monster in the lake. That's draining the life force out of all the people. It's actually not their life force. If you'd made the occult roll, you'd know exactly what was going on. It's magic points? It's magic points. That's yeah. why you couldn't overpower him with the hypnosis thing, because his magic is seriously, like, off the charts. Like, the book just says, if you needed to know what his magic was, you can just assume it's 200, but he's been doing this for decades, and he just keeps draining the life out of the uh, people in the asylum. And that's what killed them for all the time in the past, too, is he was just draining their magic until they would just die. So what what did the amphitheater have to do with it? Uh, actually, it's to worship him, because the guy that you threw out of that window was... Uh, a priest. A thrall. Actually, all the people were thralls to him, which is why you kept feeling them getting the sanity things, because the book makes a note to make sure that... Make sure if you call for regular sanity checks, just because you all subconsciously feel the Ilganoth doing its thing mm-hmm. all the time... But you're not, like, insane or enthralled to it, so your mind's constantly like, something's wrong. Something's fucking wrong here. Hmm. Yeah. So, hey, Mike, how about you roll me a... Eight. Eight. You're in there in the cage. You want the temporary insanities. Oh. So nope, that's the way you know from that. One more back. Not get enthralled. Yeah, yeah, right there. There yeah. you go. Physical, hysteric, or emotional outbursts. Yeah. So as we're running away, I'm going... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. That's right. a good thing we killed that guy. Yeah, it is. Assuming that well, no one knows the Ilganoth's there, and also all of the other portably thralls are still around. But yeah, the cops. The cops will take care of that, I'm sure. Or also get enthralled by them. Could go either way. Uh, there are still there are other hooks that I have to work on it to get you guys to go to the amphitheater and then meet this thing and get murdered as the goal. Uh, because you you can't defeat it. There is no win condition if 
you somehow get it summoned or something like that, you will die. It will kill you. Like, it doesn't even really have to try that hard to do it either. It has no HP because it doesn't have, like, a physical form necessarily. That's cheating. Yeah, I know. The, the goal of this one actually wasn't... It, the goal really is to, like, get Grandma out. And I like Grandma better than Grandpa because it's actually supposed to be, like, Lawrence Craw- Crawwell or something like that. Grandma's just more part, part Lawrence. Yeah. Um, but there, you're supposed to have a situation where you find out that not everything's right with the asylum through Dr. Shrine and then following through Dr. Berger's. Then you find that uh, Grandma's clearly, like, having an issue... And then you slowly get drawn towards, well, why is Grandma having an issue? Why is everyone having an issue? What's going on with this? Which then starts alerting the orderlies to all of you guys being a threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would it have worked to show up with orderlies from a hospital and an ambulance from a hospital and just, like, present him with papers saying she has to go to a hospital? He would have... The goal, like, his thing when you read about him is he actually... The one of the things about you guys being locked in the room is actually he wants you all to stay because you're more things to feed to the Oganoff. You could just be locked up, and he would make the argument they went crazy, so we kept them here, sort of a thing. And then slowly your magic would just get drained for the rest of your short lives. Um, so if you had done that, he would have tried to get everyone to stay, but I don't know how I would deal with that as a keeper. Hmm. But that would be his ultimate goal. Would be well. No, let's all do it. You're all kind of crazy. I think that this is all fake, and you try and lock everyone up. That'd be the goal. Well, but her... Orderly on orderly brawl. Exactly. Orderly v. Orderly. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, that was fun. And again, it, it is about... Have you have you noticed that in any of the readings that you do with uh, Cthulhu? That a lot of the things actually want you to... They actually, all of mine so far, have asked if you guys pass the power check. They don't want you to fail. If you fail, you don't get anything. If you pass, is actually the worst thing to be having happen? Um, it varies from thing to thing. Oh, my Blackwater Creek does, the this one does, and uh, there was another one that I was reading. The Roach Motel one also does. What's that? One I want to do at some point. Would that be a good one to play a hobo? That would be a good one to play a hobo. Mm. It's a Roach Motel. You check in, but you never check out. Oh, I was okay. I was thinking like something bonds to our skin. And oh no no it's no! An impenetrable bond that we can't get out of. No no. no. To... It's a. Uh, it's one of the things where it's like you would run it as uh, you're traveling from location to location, sort of a thing, and then you introduce this one in the middle. Mm-hmm. And as you introduce it, you're like, oh, and then you just show up to this hotel, and then you have a problem trying to leave. Yeah. You've been listening to another fine We Hate Bards podcast.